1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to
2: continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
5: The lights are out. The hurry, get some, the lights go out. The game is over. And we're here to pick up the pieces. This is Warriors Wrap Up on 95-7. The Game.
6: Jokic with a handle, gets it to Haidt. Hyla pulls up from 17, back rim miss, ball tipped by Jokic, got it back, blocked from behind, Gary Payton the second, knocked it away. Here comes Wiggins in transition. Loud the left side, crossover right hand over to Otto Porter Jr. for three, got it!
2: Just like that, a quick six. For Golden State, and Michael Malone calls timeout. Yeah, one of seven timeouts taken for Michael Malone tonight. That's right. The Warriors forced him to take all of them and take all of them early uh, in this one. I think he had six of the seven done with about four minutes to go in the third quarter. That's typically a good sign and typically a sign that – the opposition's going on a big time run, and the Warriors over the course of about a 19 plus minute stretch, little under 20, put 70 on the board, flipped a 12-point deficit into a 20-point lead going to the fourth quarter. Warriors would lead by as many as 23 and they blow out the nuggets, 126 to 106 inside chase center. 888 uh, 957 John Dickinson with you here for the next hour as we talk about this one. And man, uh, kind of a similar game at first as the game on Saturday night. I thought the Nuggets were playing a little bit better uh, in that first quarter, Warriors were Up one at the end of the first quarter the other night. uh, Actually, trailed by one at the end of the first quarter. Uh, No, trailed by one tonight. Up one at the end of the first quarter on Saturday. Uh, And then the Nuggets able to build that 12-point lead in the second quarter. It was 43-31. And kind of similar, eerily similar. Uh, Warriors got a couple of buckets. And then Steve Kerr at the 6.02 mark went to the Curry, Poole, Thompson, Wiggins, Draymond Green lineup uh, for just about the duration of the half. And immediately, uh, a 4 nothing run was turned into a 16 nothing run. And the Warriors went from down 12 at that point to up 6 at the half. Overall, it was 26-8. to eight, And the last 22 of those 26 were the three-guard lineup with Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins. So the Warriors flipped it quick and then erupted in the third quarter, 44-30 dubs in the third, and you add all that up, and it wound up being, uh, all told, a 70-point outburst for the Warriors uh, as they were up 20 at the end of three. They win it by 20, and the Warriors now have a 2 nothing series advantage in this one. 8 at 8, nine, five, seven, nine, five, seven, zero. A couple of things uh, just to get Jordan Poole. I mean, my God, a star is born, uh, part two for Jordan Poole uh, in this series as he goes for 29, 10 of 16 shooting. He's cooking. He's getting into the paint. He's knocking down crazy threes. He's dishing to teammates, and he's just absolutely rolling uh, in in this game and and chasing what already was one of the the great playoff debuts uh, in, in recent memory for a young player with another one uh, in this game tonight. And then Stephen Curry, my goodness, 34 points, a plus 32. Uh, No concerns about the minutes restriction for Steph because he only played 23 and he only needed to play 23. But his impact on this one was profound uh, as uh, he knocks down five three-pointers. And just the the Warriors not only won the game tonight, but it felt uh, an awful lot like the Warriors – uh, really really almost stole the nugget's soul at different points uh, in, in this ball game tonight. Poole just electrifying curry the 34 off the bench in 23 minutes. Uh, that 70 point stretch in under uh, 20 minutes. Uh, Jokic frustrated. You got Gary Payton the 2nd early on in this one blocking Jokic's shot, and then giving him a little pat on the rear, maybe saying a little something to him. And Jokic uh, more concerned about going after Gary Payton II than than trying to continue to hammer away at the Warriors uh, on the interior. And, and the second night in a row where Jokic, even though he got to the free throw line a couple of times early in this one and eight for eight overall for Jokic, uh, it took him 20 shots to score 26 points and he's a minus 26 tonight and a minus 49 for this series. So Jokic frustrated, finally in the post, uh, in the fourth, had a miss, and and he had decided he had had enough. Tapped out, immediately went at the official, already had picked up a technical foul. Tech number two, see you on Thursday in Denver, uh, and I joked on Twitter during the ball game, it it felt at times tonight, almost as if the Warriors were were hungry, hunting to try and end this series in two because of the back-to-back blowouts and the back-to-back games where it was as if Denver could could hang in and and trade punches at different points, close game after one, have a little bit of a lead mid-second. But, again, Steve Kerr able to go to Poole and Curry and Thompson and Wiggins and Draymond, and they completely flipped the game. Same script as Saturday night. Warriors have the lead at the half, and then they blow the doors off the bad boy uh, in the third quarter uh, to to win this thing by 20. Felt a lot like 2015-2016 Oracle tonight inside Chase Center. Another takeaway from this one, electrifying runs, defense, tempo frustration from the other side Steph Curry making a 3 here Draymond Green dancing Jordan Poole uh, you know doing amazing things making moves I mean it it it, it felt like the pre Kevin Durant era Golden State Warriors inside this building tonight it really did and and I think the word to use is a word that at times has been mocked when it's been brought up hell it was even mocked by Kevin Durant from time to time uh, but it was joy. The, the Warriors were playing with joy. They were dancing all over their opponent. And there was just a, a reconnection, I think, to uh, years past uh, with this new wave of, of talent that the Warriors have that, that was just electrifying to everybody in the building. So 888 Triple eight, nine, five, seven, nine, five, seven, zero. John Dickinson here. Warriors wrap up uh, on 95-7. The game is the Warriors take the two nothing series advantage uh, back to Denver. So uh, a couple of days to to rest on this one. Tomorrow, the Warriors take off in all likelihood with the, the two days in between games. And then they're going to head to Denver on Wednesday following a practice here in San Francisco and game three. 7 o'clock here Pacific time from Denver. And, and of course, right here on 95-7, the game. And they've got Denver uh, talking about uh, having to stick together and and thinking about uh, the embarrassment that the Warriors laid on them. You had DeMarcus Cousins and Will Barton going at each other on the Warriors bench. You had Draymond Green. Of course, Draymond Green immediately recognized what was going on didn't maybe recognize who it was. It was hard to tell from where I was sitting uh, inside Chase Center who exactly was going at it, but you could tell there were two going at it, and it turned out to be Will Barton and, and Demarcus Cousins because, of course, Demarcus Cousins was involved in that, right? Uh, but it was Barton. It was it was Cousins, and Monte Morris after the ball game, uh, talking to the Nuggets reporters saying plenty of voices spoke up in the locker room uh on the warriors uh, as he put it dancing and preening bleeps embarrassing now he could be talking about uh it's embarrassing for them to to be getting their tails kicked at the level that it is uh but he also could be uh taking a little bit of a shot uh at the at, at the nuggets allowing themselves to 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 have uh, you know, the, the Warriors playing so well that they're just embarrassing uh, the team. More Monte Morris, they're out there laughing, dancing around, we gotta be tougher. So immediately, and it felt at times like maybe there was gonna be a shot, uh, you know, coming, maybe kind of a cheap shot or something coming, but I think at this point, uh, as you start to look ahead to, to game three and beyond, uh, the last stand is coming, but tonight makes you wonder if the Warriors maybe hit the Nuggets to the tune where uh, you got to wonder how much fight they're going to have left. Look, no series truly begins until it shifts venues, and we're going to see that on Thursday night, but the Warriors made a hell of a case, and you could tell with Steve Kerr uh, leaving the starters in, uh, plus Curry, who came off the bench, uh, and and that three-guard lineup in, trying to see if he could maybe break and end the Nuggets for this entire series uh, in Game 2. So 888 uh, 957 Let's get to the phone lines here. John and Walnut Creek gets us tipped off uh, on 95.7, the game. What's going on, John?
5: Hey, uh, appreciate you taking the call. Just wanted to say uh, I'm not really that worried about the Eastern Conference, and I think this series is pretty much a done deal. But I will want to state for posterity that um, when we run into Phoenix, things are going to be very different. Um, Jokic went for a double-double tonight, and that was fantastic. He was really bossing things down in the post. But he does not have the supporting cast in order to make that really impactful. And when DeAndre Ayton is going for the same numbers, when he's, he's going for 25 and 12, and he has Devin Booker and other people around him to balance that out, it's going to be a real problem that we don't have an inside presence. And that is the one thing that terrifies me as a Warriors fan, and I just want to get it out there so that everybody knows that I have that thought back
2: now. All right, appreciate the call, John. John of Walnut Creek checking in. I think Steve Kerr would say, well, that that big man isn't going to be playing in a situation like that because the Warriors' best lineup right now and the lineup that's won them two games against the Nuggets, even with Jokic on the floor, has been – the lineup where Draymond Green plays center. And I think that answers the question for the whole year now. And and we hadn't been able to see it because the Warriors hadn't had everybody. But this was always, I think, going to be in the cards as to how the Warriors wanted to finish games and why – they didn't put a premium on going out and getting another big, even though at times it definitely hurt them in the regular season. How much capital do you want to spend to go get a big that isn't going to be playing because your best lineup is, is Curry and Poole and Thompson and Wiggins and Green? Now, I know there's times and games where you do need bigs, and, hell, the Warriors still started Kavon Looney uh, in in the first couple of games of this series, even though he didn't play a lot. And, and John, you're right uh, – The Suns are a different animal, and and let's not get too far ahead of ourselves here. Uh, The Warriors have to win two more games in this series. Uh, I'm kind of with you, and I said it from the jump. I I didn't think the Nuggets had enough over the long haul in this series to to, to beat the Warriors, but it looks like maybe they don't have enough to even hang in it and and potentially win more than one game, uh, if any, at this point in the series. So, yeah. Much different opponents ahead for the Warriors. We'll see what happens with between Memphis and, and and Minnesota. Those two teams have more in the tank for sure than this Denver team does, and that's even with Jokic. But it, just the speed by which the Warriors can can move the game to another level, he just can't he he can't handle it. The Warriors are bringing him out and putting him in screen actions. And given you know getting whatever they want in terms of shots right in front of them from the perimeter, and you know there were back to back plays where he comes out not quite far enough. Warriors hit a three. Next time he comes out overplays. Uh, I think it was Kavon Looney. There uh, was Wiggins maybe on a back cut. Or, I, I, anyway, there's a back cut for a dunk, and and it was timeout. It was just back to back plays where there was nothing, uh, nothing to be had uh, for. for uh, the Nuggets defensively, and and look, Jokic is a great player, uh, but in a sped up game where you know there isn't enough ball pressure and, and and wing defenders. I mean, that's another thing that the Nuggets really haven't. They don't have the wing defenders to to really mess with the, the Warriors and, and and that three guard lineup. And and so Jokic has to be on the floor, so he has to be in the action. And that makes it easier to exploit him and the, and the rest of this team defensively. But but the Warriors, what they try to do against centers is basically speed the game up and make it where they're rendered ineffective. And, and they were able to do that really in both games of this series. Jokic, yeah, puts up some numbers, but they're fatic numbers minus 49. Somebody's got a score. Different points in the game he was controlling things. Nuggets had a little lead in, in both of these games, really. Uh, but would Steve Kerr's able to go to that lineup? The game flips, and then there's just not enough firepower. The the game gets too fast, and it gets out of hand quickly. Jokic minus 49 plus the ejection uh, in these first couple of games. So 8 at eight, nine five nine five seven nine five seven zero. Let's go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, uh, following this one as he met with the media. Warriors get the job done tonight. One twenty six to one o six.
4: Steve, now having played two playoff games inside Chase Center, how would you describe the advantage this team has playing in front of that home crowd?
7: Yeah, the crowd's been great. Um, energy's been fantastic. You know, I think the the players have really executed well these first two games, followed the game plan, stayed solid, nine turnovers tonight, you know, 27 assists. Um, and the crowd feels it, you know, the crowd feels it when we're playing well and and we feed off of each other at that point.
1: So how would you describe watching Jordan? And we've talked about how he's a bright lights player, but This might, might that have been his best game? Was that some of the best stuff you've seen from him? Yeah,
7: yeah. I mean, especially under the circumstances, uh, given that this is a playoff game and the importance of the game for him to follow up that game one where he was great with another game like this. uh, Some of the the flurries out there from him tonight reminded me of his teammate who came off the bench a little bit. It's pretty remarkable to see the similarities uh, now that, you you know, with both the on and off ball Stuff. I mean Jordan has had a, a pretty good uh, apprenticeship with uh, you know learning from Steph and he was uh, he was fantastic tonight
8: Steve how, how much does it help the offense to have two guys who can start at the perimeter and, and, and get to the inside the paint with their penetration with the dribble?
7: yeah it's huge it's huge um you know and we've um, we've been hoping to get to this point all year where we could get our whole group together just to see what that would look like. And I'm talking about with Draymond, with Clay, and Steph, and Jordan. Um, Wiggs has been a great part of that unit, too. You know, these first two games, closing the first half, another eight rebounds for Wiggs tonight. You know, I mentioned before the game, that's the biggest concern when we play that that small unit is, uh, is the glass, and I thought Wiggs uh, did a really good job. Draymond, uh, I don't know what to say about him. I mean, it, you just don't look at the stat sheet because... This, it doesn't mean anything. Draymond dominated that game and he was dominating throughout the first half. And late in the half, I got a stat sheet. I looked down, he had 1.3 rebounds. He was dominating. So this guy is just one of uh, one of the most unique and powerful and impactful players I've, I've ever seen.
9: Well, you mentioned waiting to see that lineup and particularly with that three guard lineup of, of Steph, Clay, and Jordan. We've been talking about that for a long time. When you first kind of sat down with your, with your staff and said, yeah, we're going to do a three guard lineup. Is that what you envisioned it looking like, or is it more than.
7: Well, we've sort of played this way for many years, um, you know, with the, with Draymond at five and we've had a few different uh, variations of that unit, obviously with, with Kevin Durant and before that Harrison Barnes and Andre Iguodala was always part of that, that group. So um You know, Clay, Steph, and Draymond are incredibly comfortable playing this style. It's it's the same style. It's just um, you know different uh, additions um, with this squad. So I I never envisioned Jordan playing this well. You know, at the beginning of this season, even though he had had a great season a year ago, I couldn't envision this. But he's earned it. This guy puts the work in every single day in the gym and uh, believes in himself, and and he's got a lot of skill.
4: You got 23 minutes out of your sixth man. Um, what do you think of the way he played?
7: It didn't surprise me because we've been watching this for a long time with Steph. So um, you never really are surprised when he has an outburst like that. It's great to see, obviously, um, you know, just coming back and being on a minutes restriction, you know, the other night he had to kind of get his feet wet. But could, you could see as as the game went on, game one I'm talking about, he got more and more comfortable. and
9: you could see tonight he was ready to to break up going back to Draymond's what do you think about his defense specifically on Jokic because Draymond said he sort of expected a counterpunch Jokic 40 15 15 but Draymond played a role again in frustrating Jokic
7: yeah i mean Jokic is amazing and uh, we have to throw everything at him to to try to limit him and that's you know i thought Loon did a great job early on you know he picked up a couple early fouls but was battling him and then Draymond took his turn Uh, Belly had a few possessions on him I think you know all we're trying to do is defend him without fouling and crowd him and and you know try to put as much pressure on him as possible because he's just a brilliant player Um, so skilled that uh, you can't just sit back and and let him pick you apart
1: speaking of Jokic the the Peyton block uh, came pretty early on when when Jokic was going pretty good It seemed to frustrate Jokic or maybe something Peyton said to him frustrated him but it uh, seemed like Jokic, well, he got thrown out of the game too. Would not that you're trying to, to to irritate him, but did you and was Peyton a big
7: part of that? Well, Gary's a, a fantastic defender. I thought he played really well tonight. Um a lot of ball pressure. You know, he he um blocked a couple shots. He's he's in the fray all the time. He's so athletic that uh, you know, he's out there getting deflections, getting steals. It's um, you know, it, he makes a real impact on the game. He's done that all year.
3: You mentioned Wiggins' importance, uh, you know, defensively in that unit, you know, particularly on the glass. How about offensively? He's kind of is the fifth of the of the players, probably usually stationary in the corner. But how important is it to hit threes but also slash when they kind of ignore him?
7: He's a, a, a really complementary part of that group. Um, you know, he made a couple threes early when we were struggling, um, which was important. And then if you if you think about that unit with Jordan Steph Clay, I mean they draw so much attention that Andrew's going to going to get some hoops some space to to drive and uh, you saw it in game one not as much tonight because the guys were making shots they were they were letting it fly before Wiggs even touched the ball but um, I think he understands that you know great spot for him he's played a huge role for us all year at both ends and uh, he's a plus twenty four tonight he's doing his job and um i think he's really enjoying it too
9: 10 steals accounted for 18 of the turnovers that you guys forced and you capitalized with with 25 points i mean what what does that say about just every guy in every position you know doing yeah, the, it, it the work
7: just felt like we were getting a lot of deflections out there you know we were we were really active and we we're just trying to speed the game up but you know not turn the ball over as well and i thought i liked that balance that we were able to you know speed the game up with our defense but then um make pretty good decisions offensively and 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 take care of the ball not let them get out and transition too much
1: hey Steve given who Steph is and what he means to the team was there much of like a a sales pitch to embrace this role off the bench or has he been just rolling with the punches how did you characterize it Steph
7: is Steph is Steph you don't need to sell him on anything you know he's very unique he's he's uh, incredibly humble and incredibly arrogant on the floor, you know, humble off the floor, arrogant on the floor. It's a great combination. And uh, anything that is going to help the team, uh, he's all for, we always collaborate. We talk about everything. And it's just very matter of fact with Steph, you know, there's never, never any um, ego that gets in the way, you know, Um, Greg Popovich likes to talk about, you know, the importance of getting your, getting over yourself. Uh, if you want to be on a great team, you want to be part of something special. And, you know, Steph, um, it's just the way he was raised. He's, he, you know, he didn't even have to get over himself. He was already over himself when he, you know, when he arrived to, to in the NBA. Um, and he's maintained that humility despite this incredible stardom and incredible success he's had. And it's what makes him such a powerful teammate
1: obvious uh answer but uh, just for the record will steph definitely be starting very soon
7: uh we'll see
5: okay follow up
1: is jordan pool gonna take technical free throws from now on
7: uh they, they they have to hash that out yeah i don't make that decision
2: a little bit of insight there they hash it out all right steph and jordan pool and yeah how about steph tonight Uh, with the technical free throws, missing a couple of them, five of seven overall. Uh, But that was really the only negative for Steph tonight, 34 points in under 23 minutes. And uh, Monty Poole of NBC Sports Bay Area uh, had tweeted this out, I guess it was via Elias as well. Curry, the first player in the shot clock era to score 30 points in as little as twenty three minutes in a playoff game. So pretty incredible stuff uh, from Stephen Curry as always. Couple of text messages to get to momentarily. We got the move of the game coming up as well. But let's get Filmo Mike in here on 95 7 the game. Filmo, what's going on, my man? How you doing?
10: Hey JD, I'm doing great, man. Hey, I- I'm in heaven. Jokic is the truth. Like he's really very, very good. I think he should win MVP. Draymond go crazy. Like his defense on Jokic I ain't gonna lie is like Rodman-like. So I praised Jokic the first time. But Draymond, his defense was going crazy. And Also I got two more points, Eddie. Give me some seconds. It's crazy how especially within our crowd Pool, you got three players. You got Poole, Curry, and Klay Thompson that, like, they could generate momentum as if they're, like, GP2 or, like, bench players. Like, the momentum in the crowd go crazy. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then also, the last thing I want to say, J.D., I know I'm, I, I'm I'm going on, but it's key to draft your own players because when you draft your own players, the people feel the experience and they journey so much more so that when they're at the game at Chase Center, they really like, they're screaming because it's the player that they watched two, three years ago. And they thought that he was going to be nothing and now he's doing all these crazy things. Whereas if you just get somebody from somewhere else, their appreciation ain't there. If you get what I'm saying, yeah. Great no, I, I, night. I'm sorry for rambling.
2: No, you're good. You're good, Filmo. Filmo, Mike checking in 888-957-9570. No, a couple of things there. It, it's homegrown players, and look, the, the the chase crowd, the Oracle crowd. The one thing they have in common is they love players with swag. Period. And most crowds do, but especially over at Oracle over the years. And it still rings true at Chase. The Warrior fan base loves swag. They love curry putting somebody in the blender and and you know, cooking a big man, hitting a three right in his eye, or going by somebody and, and making them drop and then kicking it out to the other guy who's gonna fire a three. And and Jordan Poole has got that swag. Jordan Poole's got that in his game. And that's why I think that, yeah, homegrown's part of it. You know, look like his career as a rookie, as much as it's silly to to really you'll know, get too deep down that path, was going down a, a, a road where he might have some struggles. And even last year, you know, goes down to the G League, comes back. He's a different guy. He's really been a different guy since. And and he's handled the downs. Like that's the thing I give Pool a lot of credit is you know he didn't play well and then he went to the G League and he came back and he played well and then he ran into some struggles it, it, toward the end of last year but then he finished strong and was able to 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 play well in the playing games it hasn't all been rosy all the time this season even though he played very well at the beginning of the year uh, in that starting role for Clay Thompson so you know he gets credit there but then he went through a, a little time at the end of February where he wasn't starting and and Moses Moody was getting starts and and it was kind of why what's going on you know players are out and he you know, Steve Kerr at one point we're gonna leave him in the bench role and, and he I don't think he was feeling that but he worked his way through it and then Steve Kerr rewarded him when Curry went down with the starts and now he's even rewarded him with the first couple of games of this series getting starts and and, and let's just be honest at some point I don't know when at some point though uh, the Warriors are, are gonna start. Steph and Poole and Clay and Wiggins and Draymond at some point, whether it's you know, the remainder of this series, whether it's in the series against Memphis or Minnesota or Phoenix, at some point they're just going to go to it and and try and use it to to end those teams as well. Couple of calls here, Coach in Los Altos is next on ninety five seven. The game, what's going on, Coach? AJD, hey,
0: I'm going to be brief because I lost my voice there last. Tonight, uh, it was loud. You know, I was I was at Oracle back in the We Believe, and it it felt like that. It was it was off the charts, and um, it, it got you know the one thing I'm concerned about is how chippy it got. Like Morris, he's kind of a punk, and he's talking trash. Highland's talking trash. Course Cousins, Michael Green, like. I just don't want them to send a message, quote-unquote, and hurt one of our guys because I think, you know, you, you your summary was awesome. It was just joy. I don't think they were throwing it in their face. They were just having a blast, and I just think they're just getting so angry. Um, I just don't want one of our guys to get hurt. I want to win this series and get out and, uh, and go beat up either Minnesota or Memphis. But I'll take your call. Great, Great show, J.D. Yeah, appreciate
2: it. And and look, here's the thing. Like, yeah, I don't think the Warriors were, were were rubbing Denver's nose in it, but anytime you're you're dominating an opponent like that and they're fighting each other and Jokic is is frustrated with the officials and, and whatever, like any time that happens, you're right, Coach. It does it, it does get chippy, it does get edgy, and you know, Monte Morris said it and I, I read some of the quotes, you know, Michael Malone. Uh, you know the past two games, you know inability to sustain playing at a high level. You couple of quotes from from Monte Morris about the dancing and the preening, and you know called it embarrassing. Got it? You know not going to give themselves a, a bleeping chance if if they fall apart and come apart at the seams as a team. But but here's the thing: as you forward to to Thursday, the series isn't over, and and you know. There is one last stand that Denver has, and it's to try and win Thursday and get it to 2-1, to one, and then you worry about Sunday-Sunday if you're them. But I do think you're going to see, based on the Nuggets and them feeling some kind of a way right now, I do think there's a potential to see extra edge, extra intensity. So you've got to go win the series. You're only halfway done uh, in, in this series. So Dino, I'm going to get you in here before the top of the hour in San Francisco. What's going on, Dino?
5: Yo, hey, what's happening, J.D.? Uh, voice is a little hoarse. Just left the game. Man, I haven't felt a vibe like that, dare I say it, since Oracle, uh, we believe, and the championship run. And, in fact, it's kind of interesting watching this lineup, this lineup which I'm going to share a moniker uh, with shortly, but um, they almost look like the Harlem Globetrotters against the Washington Generals there for a second, right? Like the, the passes, the free flow, the joy, it was it's a beautiful thing to watch. got to bring my sister for her birthday. Shout out, Asia. Um, but this lineup, man, uh, shout out to this guy on Twitter, Three Ball Pool, because I didn't take it, but I love it. These Warriors are giving, they're going to be giving these vet teams, PTSD, Pool Thompson, Okay. Steph, and Dre. You can, e- you can even throw in Wiggins because it's a dub, PTSD. Got to promote that, J.D. I'm out.
2: I like that one i like that one i i actually like that one a lot uh eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero that might be the best one I've heard to this point to be perfectly honest uh but yeah it just the it, it was the ball was moving around it was it 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 felt like what it what it felt like in the the 15, fourteen fifteen fifteen sixteen seasons tonight and that's that's a big time uh shot across the bow for the for the remainder uh, of, of the NBA and whoever the Warriors are going to face in the playoffs. All right, quickly here before we uh, pause, let's get uh, our move of the game brought to you by Good Green Moving.
6: Draymond left sideline, directing traffic as always, finds Curry, good pump fake on Jamichael Green, steps out for a three, it's good and a foul! Curry jumping up and down in celebration, counts one, two, three, gets a high five from Draymond, and the Warriors have a chance with another Four-point play in this game.
2: Yeah, a couple of four-point plays for the Warriors. That's your move of the game, which is brought to you by Good Green Moving. Visit goodgreenmoving.com and download the free Good Green app today for your local and long-distance moving and storage needs. Good stuff there. One of a couple of four-point plays for the Warriors. Uh, in this one, as they beat the Nuggets tonight, 126-106. to 106. We'll come back. We'll hear from Draymond Green. Still time for some phone calls. John and Inside Chase Center on 95.7 The Game.
7: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They
5: bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are.
7: So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink...
6: High in the back, comes to the right, gets to the foul line, spins, goes up with a scoop, is up and good! Curry between two defenders! Warriors retake the lead! Timeout, Denver! How good must that have felt for Stephen Curry? A 13-0 push for Golden State in two minutes and 52 seconds. And it's our first lead change of the night. Warriors 44, Nuggets 43.
2: Now back to Warriors' wrap up on 95 7, the game. It was the first lead change of the night, and it was the only lead change of the night because the Warriors at that point had come from 12 down. They had the lead, they'd push it all the way up to 23 and wind up winning by 20. Inside Chase Center, 126-106. John Dickinson with you. 8 at 8, 957-9570. 2-0 series advantage for the Warriors as they'll head to Denver on Wednesday with Game 4 to be played at Ball Arena in Denver on Thursday. Uh, game 4 on Sunday afternoon. Of course, we got you covered here uh, on 95.7, the game for all of that. So a couple of text messages to get to. Uh, here eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero the Xfinity mobile text line uh, four one five gp two man he plays Joker hard always see him blocking his shot and bothering him that was the third time this year that Gary Payton the second has blocked Jokic's shot and then he uh, gave him a little something after you know gave him a little something like a little, little pat little pat on the rear like hang with him. And that was the first indicator that the Warriors were starting to get inside the Nuggets head a little bit. Second indicator that the Warriors are starting to get in the Nuggets head a little bit is Will Barton and DeMarcus Cousins on the Nuggets bench. And Draymond Green picked it out immediately, went out to half court during the timeout, imploring the crowd. We're going to hear from Draymond here in just a second. And uh, Draymond addressed that, among many other things, uh, but yeah, that was uh, indicator number two that the Warriors were were in the Nuggets' head, and indicator number three is the frustration of Nicole Jokic and getting himself ejected from the game. He he'd had enough. He tapped out, and he was frustrated. Uh, he got some calls early. Uh, he he was missing some shots that he typically makes, but I think you got to give you got to give Phil Mo Mike the credit uh, with with the defense that was being played on him. Uh, a la Dennis Rodman I mean it it was that level of intensity, physicality, just energy, just just veracity everywhere uh just uh, just tremendous, tremendous stuff and and he frustrated Jokic to the point where a guy that in all likelihood was going to be a backup mVp or back or a a two time back to back mVP basically tapped out five one oh uh when Campazo came in, I got nervous. Uh, thankfully, they got the the regulars out of the game real quick. Yeah, there was definitely a, a thought, uh, and and I was going back and forth with Steiny as we often do during these games via text. and And there was a thought. I, I think at one point we got a we got a Warriors Weekly podcast that's going to drop tomorrow, right around eleven eleven thirty or so. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, at, at some point, you know, it, it there, there was such an edge and a frustration. That you, you kind of think to yourself, and I think Steiny was saying, "Hey, if if the Nuggets have any kind of self-respect, any kind of any kind of fight, uh, it, it's going to be on uh, on on Thursday night like that." And look, you get down 0-2, you go home. It's a it's it's a must win uh, because nobody's coming back from from three nothing down, uh, especially this Nuggets team against this Warriors team. So the Nuggets' season is on the line. Anytime the series shifts from from the favorite. Uh, venue to the underdog venue, that's always the, their one chance still remaining to, to maybe make some kind of a, a series out of it. But at this point, uh, the Warriors have had every answer uh, in the big moments right before halftime. The final four to six minutes before the half have been when the Warriors have won both of these games and they've done it uh, with the, the three-guard lineup uh, with, with Steph and Clay uh, and Jordan Poole and and, and uh, Draymond Green and, and Andrew Wiggins out there. Uh, Steve Kerr, a couple of quick thoughts on on just what Steve Kerr had to say, and then we'll hear from Draymond uh, Wiggins. He gave Wiggins a nod, and and Wiggins, you know, he's the forgotten guy, in I think in both of these games. But as a as a positive, he's a forgotten guy. Thirteen points, and Steve Kerr pointed out the two three pointers that he knocked down, and when the Warriors were were not playing well, when they were struggling, when things could have been worse, and that was sort of where I was coming from in the first half of this one, was I I was thinking, you know, the Warriors could have got, as much as they were down, they always had quick answers, and and a lot of times they had quick answers because of the three ball, and you look up at the end of the night, and they wind up 17 of 40 from three-point range, and I think at one point they were, Five of thirteen, I want to say, uh, at one point in, in this one, and yeah, you look at it, they were they were eight for twenty at one point, so they wound up they wound up I guess nine for twenty at the end. Yeah, they were five for fourteen at the end of the first quarter, so that was the marker, five for fourteen at the end of the first quarter. Uh, so they were they were twelve for twenty six uh, over the final three quarters. So over the final three quarters, the Warriors basically just a tick under fifty percent from from three. And a lot of that got rolling in those final six minutes. Let's get Dirty on the phone lines at 888-957-9570. What's going on, Dirty?
10: So far, so far, so good, man. Uh, hope you're doing well. Sounds like we all doing well right now. Um, but to point, point out what I was seeing in, in game one and what I wanted to see before the playoffs started was uh, tipping out rebounds. I made this a big point, and I told all my friends, watch this. Uh, uh, if this if this happens, it'll work because we can't come down with those balls around big guys down low. Um, we're gonna have to tip them out. Collective unit, uh, everybody running to the ball. You see how Otto Porter followed his miss. You, you have a good notion of where your ball's gonna go if it's a little off when you let it go. And I love the way he chased that down. It was huge in in the uh, game one. Denver uh, actually uh, was pounding us down low, but we had 20 second-chance points off of the tip, off of the hunger, just off of the collective unit going at it together. And that was huge to me because as small as we are, and I never count us out because Draymond Green's a silverback, and he could get, get busy with anybody. He could be down low with anybody bumping bodies. I don't I don't ever doubt Draymond if he's 100% or if he's in the zone. I, I, I put my money for him to lock down anybody. Now, the thing that I wanted to point out last was uh, today they out-rebounded us, but it's because Jokic got like eight rebounds and two possessions down low, and he was just missing, missing, getting his rebound. But I, I still see the hunger. Everyone's tipping the ball. If they can't come down with it, they're tipping it to somebody who's open. All the All the messy plays are going our way because we're hustling, and that's huge too, especially in these playoffs. But I love the grit. I love the way they played. We're really organized, and we had some fancy passes in between. I love it. Thanks, man.
0: Yeah,
2: appreciate it, Dirty. And Draymond sets that tone. I think Wiggins has has set that tone. And I think collectively you you look at – and I did this after game one. You just look at the overall – and the Warriors did get out-rebounded tonight. But you look at the overall. Wiggins had eight. Poole had five. Uh, you had Gary Payton II, who had five. Otto Porter had four off the bench. Curry had three. Draymond had three. And then you had a couple with two. Bialica had a couple, and, and Clay Thompson had a couple. Uh, but, but yeah, you go through, and, and everybody's pitching in, and everybody's trying to get – and that's what has to happen if you're going to play that small ball lineup. Uh, before we hear from Draymond Green, just real quickly here, wanted to touch on – uh, Andre Iguodala and and his injury that that popped up uh, before the game is Iguodala showed up late on the injury report uh tonight and uh with, with some some neck soreness and so he wound up out for this ball game tonight uh, had been listed as doubtful as everybody showed up to the arena and so the question was how would Steve Kerr handle it and he he said it without saying it, I thought, in the pregame media session. He said, well, we could add somebody else to the rotation or you know, there's plenty of minutes to where you could fill them with the players that, that the Warriors had, and that wound up being exactly what uh, Steve Kerr did tonight. So it, it was a nine-man rotation after a 10-man rotation, and here's where the Warriors really do have an advantage now uh, in terms of being able to rest and recover, and, and that's the fact that, that they've got, uh, they've got a couple of days now here in between games to get everybody back to, to make sure Curry's feeling good, to make sure Clay Thompson's feeling good, to to make sure that that uh, Iguodala can can get a couple of days to get himself feeling good, and then and then you can you can run it back uh, on Thursday night uh, at at altitude. All right, eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Brian in Los Gatos, ninety five seven. The game, hey Brian. Hey man, how's it going? Um, good man. First, I just want to say uh,
3: I was at the game tonight, and the arena was pretty electric. Um, it's not quite to Oracle standards, but I think it was. It's a good environment. That moment when Draymond kind of got the crowd fired up—it it, had—it had moments of Oracle. Um, but I just wanted to say, uh, I, I really think Mike Malone is one of the best coaches in the league, and I really respect him. But he's totally handcuffed without Porter and Murray and I Kerr is just running circles around him as far as his in-game coaching and what they're doing with Jokic and kind of trying to let everyone else beat him and you got Gordon going for eight in the first game seven for the second game and so there that's not going to do it um so that's what I wanted to say first and second I think we need to come up with the name for the new uh Death lineup was already taken, and that was the old team. And so, this they need a new lineup name because the uh Wiggins, Poole, Curry, Thompson, and Draymond lineup is plus twenty-eight and two game and ten minutes in two games. So,
2: I mean, Curry's doing. It's a good one in both of both games. Not really. What's that? Yeah, I appreciate the call. Yeah, it's it's one of both games. That group has won them both of these games in this series. Just just flat out. Uh eight at eight, nine five seven, nine five seven zero. Uh look, the Nuggets don't have enough. I mean, bottom line. That really the conversation at this point is can the Nuggets win a game? <laughs> I mean, for if you know they're they're coming apart at the seams. Jokic is is really frustrated. The the question on the other side right now is can they hold it together and show enough fight to get a win? on Thursday night and and not get swept. I mean, that's that's just the reality of the situation on the other side of the aisle. Uh, as far as looking toward next year, yeah, Michael Malone's a terrific coach, and he said it after the game, the fact that, you know, to beat the Warriors, you got to play close to perfect basketball, and he said in his postgame session that, that the past two games, that it's been an inability to sustain playing at a high level, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, plain and simple, that's what it was. Because the Nuggets haven't been all bad. Uh, Aaron Gordon's been pretty terrible. Jeff Green hasn't provided much in either game. Bones Highland, eh. I mean, really it's been Will Barton and Monte Morris and Jokic, and nobody else has really done much for the Nuggets. But that's because they got a lot of bench players that are up a couple of pegs uh, in the pecking order as far as the rotation goes because they're out – uh, w- without their second and their third best players. All right, let's hear from Draymond Green. We'll get you a shot of the game. We'll call it a night here. Uh, let's hear Draymond after this one. In the third quarter,
4: um, you know, you ran out the half court. was getting the crowd live. Can you take us through that moment and what you saw down on the Denver bench? I just saw them arguing. I wasn't sure who was arguing, but somebody's down there arguing. The crowd should notice that, and they should be very loud for that it took fun- me a while to get them loud. I was disappointed.
8: And how fun was a game like this? I mean, we saw you dancing out the free throw line uh, late in the fourth quarter.
4: Uh, it was very fun. You know, when you, when, when you beat a, a team, uh, the way we did the first game, they come out and they give you their best punch and they did that. And, you know, we took the punch on the chin. We responded right away. We got control of the game pretty much started at, uh, maybe the last couple minutes of the first quarter, and I think we had control the rest of the game. So, you know, just to see our group respond the way they did, uh, the way we did, that's special. You know, you that's a very good team. That's not some slouch, pushover team. They have a very good group around an incredible player, and you know, we took their best punch and we responded. I thought that was that was great.
3: That, that lineup broke it open again in the same part of the game late second. did um, you like, I mean, we talked yesterday just about kind of the defensive identity you wanted to build. What did you like about that, those six minutes?
4: I thought we swarmed, uh, you know, I think there were a couple loose balls that we could have come up with that we didn't come up with. And that's, you know, that's one of the things that we spoke about with that lineup is we should be able to get deflections. And when we get deflections, we have to push, you know, push the ball um, and try to make them keep up with that pace. And I think you know, for the most part, we did a pretty good job. you know I, they got some offensive rebounds, which you know that's that's what you're going up against when when you do go that small is is the rebound. but I thought we did a good job of cleaning that up, but early on, I thought they had too many offensive rebounds, and that was on me. Uh, joker was getting the offensive rebounds. So when battling a big guy like that, it's important that our guards come back in and get the rebound. But, but it starts with me keeping him off the glass and giving them a chance to come clean up the rebounds. And I didn't do a good job of that early. Um, he was able to get some offensive boards and what he f- finished with five offensive rebounds. I think all five of them might've come in the first half. So if I do a better job there, give our guys an opportunity to clean up the rebounds, then I think that lineup gets even more dangerous
1: your dream. What's it like to be on the ball or even off the ball when you have Steph and Jordan, both kind of getting their thing.
4: It's pastor's paradise for me. You got Steph and Clay. I mean, Steph and Jordan kind of, they roam differently than Clay. You know, theirs is more just kind of fluid and, you know, you have to keep an eye on them because they're moving all over the place. Clay's a little different. You know, Clay, Clay is going to roam when it's time for him to get to a spot for a shot. And, and so with those two guys, it's a little different than reading with Clay's, but nonetheless, you got um, those three guys out there at the same time. For me as a passer, that's heaven. And then you know, the one weak shooter out there around me with that group is Wiggins. And I think he shoot like 37% from three or something like that. And I'm live with Wiggins shooting that three. So for me, that's I mean, I can't you can't ask for anything more on the offensive end any more options than than that. I like it a
9: lot. What are the things that you observe on the court that signal to you, you are demoralizing an opponent?
4: I mean, you just kind of read body language and frustration. Uh, you know, frustration usually shows up in body language. That's just kind of what I try to read. You, you know, you try to read interactions with, with teammates uh, and how someone's reacting to their teammates. And, you know, if you feel like you're getting under the skin, you press up a little more. If you don't feel like you're getting under the skin, you press up a little more. So, just try to do my job.
1: Hey, Draymond, in lieu of Jordan not being part of the finalist list for most improved, you got your petition ready to go? Yeah, it's coming. It's definitely coming, for sure.
4: What was your reaction once you saw the list? I wasn't
1: shocked. I wasn't
4: shocked at all.
9: Can you expand a little more on that initial Jesus reaction when you just look down and see Steph's that line? What did you think of his play tonight?
4: he was incredible 22 minutes plus 32 that that's insane but I I thought his patience was great they they did a great job of trying to take take the pocket away because we we got the best of them in a pocket that first game and so they did a great job of trying to take that pocket pass away and early on a little bit we struggled with it when Steph came in the game he just he just drove until they stopped him and the big was kind of Shaded towards me to take the pocket away, so he just kept driving them, and I think that broke their defense down. And and once he started doing that, you know, now you got him into the paint, kicking out and flying back off for threes. That's that's when Steph Curry is at is most dangerous off the ball. And so I thought the way he came in and settled our offense down. I mean, it's what you expect of Steph Curry, but I thought that was huge. And you know, like I said, to be plus thirty two in twenty two minutes, twenty three minutes. That's it doesn't get much better than that.
9: You've played with some incredible offensive lineups, you know Steph, Clay, Katie together. But what makes this trio of Jordan, Clay, and Steph so tough for defenders to to match?
4: Jordan is doing some of the same stuff Steph does, and that's tough. I mean, you know, you're going to game plan for Steph, you're going to game plan for Clay, but you know now you got you got a game plan for Jordan, and and that's that's a different beast. You know, you, you're trapping Steph. Okay, well if if you're trapping Steph and you got Jordan on the floor too, it's it's hard to trap two guys. You swing the ball to the second side, and you know Big's going to get back and like that's tough. And so I think you know he's he's been watching Steph a lot, and he's doing his best impression, and it is incredible.
8: We watched.
2: It really is incredible, and it and you're right. I mean, Draymond and Steve Curry said it. I mean, he is playing in a lot of the same actions that, that Steph Curry's playing in, and the shots are going down. That's been the, the biggest change has been the fact that the, that the shots are going in for, for Jordan Poole and the three-point shot. I know Anthony Slater, the athletic, had pointed that out. He'd been right around that 32 to 35% range, but it's been up over 42% since uh, the 1st of March, and that's, that's what's made the whole thing just all the – more dynamic and you just look bouncing around at the shot chart two of two from the right wing from three uh he knocked down one in the corner two of six out top but where he really uh really hit it was four or five at the paint you know at the basket and and in the paint all right uh, let's get uh, quickly here to our shot of the game presented by the county of santa clara Pool takes a right side, drives on Cousin, stops, backs up to the corner, shoots a fadeaway. Oh. Heat
6: check three. Jordan Poole. Get out of your speedo. Get the suntan oil. We're
2: having a pool party. Big time pool party. Tim Roy on the call with Tom Tolbert. And, yeah, heat check three for Jordan Poole. One of those uh, threes that he knocked down in this one of uh, the two of two uh, from the right wing variety, and that is your shot of the game for tonight, presented by the County of Santa Clara. Book a COVID 19 booster shot now at sccfreevax.org, or you can call 211. Before we call it a night, let's go ahead and hear a couple of minutes from uh, who wound up being one of the men of the night for the Warriors, uh, Steph Curry. 34 in 23 minutes, and uh, he addressed the media downstairs here earlier at Chase Center.
9: Four minutes left in the second quarter, you hit, kind of split Jokic and and Monty, hit a layup, and you were running back, and you were yelling, I'm back. What in that moment made you kind of feel that that was the moment to proclaim you are back, and just what were you feeling in that moment?
11: You're just starting to find a rhythm, like first game, missing that much time. Come off the bench, trying to get used to the speed of the game again and somewhat impactful first game, but didn't really feel like uh, normal, like you had your real flow. And then next, you know, the first half I had a little pep in my step and body felt good. I was able to kind of get to some spots and you make certain shots, it feels a little different. feels a little bit more normal and more uh, more emotion kind of comes out, especially, you know, like that with that
8: layoff. So it was, it was a nice feeling. Steph, you uh, look to be, I guess, determined to get to the rim, especially when you had, you know, the lineup out there. H- how much of that was you saying, I want to get inside because we can? And how much of that was the, just the floor so spread, the lanes just look wide like that? It's just
11: trying to be decisive what we're, we're getting there. Are a couple of,
8: one uh, possession
11: at the end of the second quarter where I forced up a little tough, like sidestep to the right shot. And... Uh, I was thinking about that for a long time just because, like you said, the, the floor was a lot of space. Uh, there are a lot of driving angles. Even if you're not the one going to be finishing, that's when the, the reactions from the defense starts. And, you know, we have so many shooters and playmakers out there. Um, you kind of have to make them pay. That's That's where all the flow starts to happen. That's where all the good, you know, open shots and – um, we love to play that way, and it's demoralizing for a defense. So, just trying to be very decisive on like, don't force anything. Because if you get, you know, uh, attack to the lane or a swing, swing, you get them to react. Somebody's
8: gonna be open, and you just knock them down. What are your thoughts on watching Jordan specifically, like get to the basket? And you know how difficult it is, but he seems to have a way about him where he can wiggle and, and get to the cup. How, how impressed are you with your pro ability to do that?
11: That's always been a part of his game. It's just about picking and choosing the spots and, you know, understanding how teams are going to guard him and pick and roll um, again, taking advantage of the space that's out there, but uh, teams have to respect his, his jumper. And how lethal he is, you know, kind of pulling up that he can get guys to press up on him and he can blow by him. Um and he's obviously got a quick first step and he's pretty crafty with his finishes, right, right hand, left hand, all different type of angles. And it's tough to guard, especially if you have shooter space on either side of him. And the beauty is that he's been able to balance all of it, the shooting, the driving, and then like, you know, setting up guys with some crazy passes and getting getting everybody involved. Like that's another evolution of his game uh, it's not just the scoring it's picking and choosing spots and making the de- defenses pay if if he gets a little extra attention
9: Steph uh Draymond said when he feels he's getting under somebody's skin he just presses even even more and do you do you sense that that he's getting to Jokic uh, and also did you have a feeling you guys could make so many deflections and get get the seals that you got tonight
11: he loves a challenge. Draymond loves a challenge. And we understand that it's not like you're going to just shut Jokic out. You know, you're not going to keep him in single digit scoring. He's an MVP of the league last year. See what happens this year. Like it's a, it's a, it's a thing where you just make him work for the entire course of the game and try to, you know, like you say, frustrate him as much as possible. Try to make things difficult. Even if he scores, you want everything to be difficult. And that's what Draymond loves about this matchup is, he still had what 26 and 11 or four but it's how you get that and that's where we can then turn that into good momentum for our side Draymond stays engaged he makes them pay on the, on the other end of the floor and uh we all have to do our job you know behind him but in that one-on-one matchup nothing's gonna be easy if you're gonna score you got to earn it and that's to, that's Draymond's M.O.
3: Steph there were a lot of memorable sequences with that three guard lineup tonight but was there maybe one in particular that kind of stood out you have kind of like a favorite. I
11: can't pick one but it's just that feeling when everything starts to click and how fast we can play and we still only had nine turnovers so like there are a lot of you know back to back to back plays where it's kind of pick your poison and everybody was kind of getting involved so. I can't pick one. It's just that, it's that emotion, that feeling, that that momentum we were able to create got the crowd into it. You could tell it was affecting them on the other side. Every time out, you look down, they're trying to figure something out. So that's playoff basketball in terms of you can get a team to have to worry about so many different things. Like makes it makes the game a little easier.
2: Yeah, and the Warriors are able to really take advantage of, of a lot of, of the Nuggets' weaknesses and also play to their own strength, their newfound strengths uh, with the three-guard lineup and with the shortened rotation and the the combination of some of these younger players, Jordan Poole in particular, with mainly a veteran-laden uh, rotation. Uh, but yeah, the the Nuggets just have not been able to pressure the Warriors. Warriors have been able to speed the game up, and the job that Draymond Green has done against Nikola Jokic second to none Uh, so up next for the Warriors is game three series shifting to Denver for game three and game four Thursday and Sunday of course we'll have both of those for you here on 95-7 the game and uh, the best shot is coming It, it does always get progressively more difficult as the postseason rolls on, and the Warriors certainly know that through their run to five consecutive NBA finals and and winning three championships. Uh, This series, while it feels and looks tonight like it's over, uh, things can change very quickly if the Nuggets get a win on Thursday, and then uh, Sunday becomes a a very, very big game. Uh, Oh, by the way, this is only round one of four required to win a championship. So long, long way to go, but uh, I don't think you could look at the first two games for the Warriors overall with everything that they're trying to get uh, on the same page with and think anything other than the fact that it's just been uh, a rousing, rousing start uh, for this team on their journey to 16 wins and trying to win an NBA championship. All right, that's going to do it for me. Uh, thanks to Sterling Bennett and everybody in our San Francisco studios, uh, cutting the highlights and, uh, getting everything together. Uh, wonderful, wonderful job. Uh, I'm John Dickinson. I'm back with you on Thursday, uh, as I will be in Denver for the weekend games, three and four, uh, Good to be back on the road covering this team. That's going to be a lot of fun. it uh, be my first time since the finals in 2019 doing that, but uh, I'm in it for the duration, looking forward to it. Uh, also, uh, keep an eye out for the uh, Warriors Weekly Podcast, myself and Matt Steinmetz. We're going to hook up for that one tomorrow morning. It should be dropping right around 11.30 or so, sometime in the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, and you can uh, get that on the Odyssey app and uh, ninety five seven the game, and we'll we'll go ahead and tweet that out as well. So that'll do it. We'll talk to you Thursday, uh, five thirty for Warriors live. That'll be Damon and Ratto, and then I'll have Warriors wrap up after the ball game from Ball Arena in Denver. Till then, keep it locked right here on your home for Warriors basketball ninety five seven the game.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news.